There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hi guys, it's Sophie And this week I am missing Ariana Venturi because she is up doing a play at Westport Playhouse. So I'm recording this intro all on my own. But don't worry, the whole episode isn't just me. We got to go up to Space at Rider Farm, which is an unbelievable residency program and also an operating organic farm in upstate New York. It's run by Emily Simonis and this farm that has been in her family for hundreds of years. And I actually met Emily when we were both at Williamstown Theater Festival forever ago, but she and Ari know each other, um, I think because they did a show together. Of course, if I were here, she could correct me, but she can't, so I'll just create my own version of the history. But Emily has created a space basically for artists to go for artists of all different kinds of mediums. We have actors, you have playwrights, you have sculptors, you have musicians, um, and they go and they spend time up there on this beautiful, beautiful farm. And part of what you have to do as a resident that of course Ari and I are incredibly drawn to is you have to put in a certain number of hours on the farm, which I think is actually a massive draw for a lot of people, of course, to really get to spend some time outside with your hands in the dirt. And the other thing that makes writers super special is that you, as a resident, you sit down for three meals a day with all of the other residents and the people that work at Space at Writer Farm. So we got to sit for one of these meals, which was prepared by uh, the fantastic Stephen Sanders, whom we love so much. I also have known him since we were at Williamstown together, which is crazy. I mean, Ari and I were like totally agog watching him in the kitchen because he was cooking for... Oh my God. I want to say he says he cooks usually for between 18 and like 35 people, which is totally not so considering how fapitzed Ari and I get when we're just trying to cook a meal for like eight people. But he totally has it down to an art, to a science, if you will. Um, so we got to talk to him. There is a refrigerator buzzing for part of that interview, but don't be put off. It's a great interview and also will really give you some good ideas for how to cook for a big crowd. And then we got to sit down with Emily and her husband, Michael, to talk all about sort of the journey of starting Space at Rider Farm and the history of it and where it's going. And it's so, it's such a special place. So I really hope that you guys enjoy this and really doing this intro on my own. Thank God I have Ari. Oh my God. It's no fun. All right. Thanks guys. Guys, we're here with Steven Sanders and our new teeny tiny mic. Hey, and hi teeny tiny mic. <laughs> Steven. Yes. Hi, guys. We're staring at the Piesta Resistance in this kitchen. The fridge. The beautiful four-door top glass fridge. It's the glass. You can probably hear it, too. That sweet hum. The hum. Is that... Do we think that's the refrigerator or the, the freezer? It might be the freezer going hard. I think that's going, going on. Yeah, exactly. There's some like pressure situation going on up there that I don't really understand, but it's Oh God, we hope. Yeah. So Stephen is up here for a week cooking three meals a day for Ryder Farm, which is totally nuts. So that's three meals a day for how many people? Three meals a day. I think the numbers vary every time we're up here, but I looked and my numbers are anywhere from 18 to 
28. Oh my god. Meal. What are you what are you making for tonight? How many people are we tonight? Right? 20. I think 20. It's 20. <laughs> okay. Um so we're doing roast chickens with plums and herbs. Yum. So they're sitting out, they're sweating with their salt on. So you salted them mm-hmm. this morning. I salted an them hour about like ago. 30 minutes ago. So okay. they could just have a little time to like sweat. Right. Um and then we'll do the ritual of the herbs and the garlic and the lemons and yes. I cut up the plums. When we say the ritual, we mean like shoving some herbs up a chicken's ass. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's probably <laughs> soothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're doing some vegan herb mashed potatoes with some herbs from the farm. Yum. Uh, and then I'm making a roasted pear and basil quinoa salad that is vegan too. Delicious. So we try to incorporate all of our dietary restrictions in our dishes as much as we can as so that it doesn't to. feel like I've made this, and then I've also made this thing for you separately. Right. right. Like we really try and to here you incorporate it so it's a family dinner with everybody's dietary restrictions taken into account. Yeah. So we've got a little something for everyone tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's going to be so delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just staring at these chickens. They're mesmerizing. <laughs> and also this kitchen, like, how old is this building? I think it's 1795. Yeah, it's just... It's very calming. The doors are open. There's a porch right out back, so it feels like it's kind of... Almost like we're outdoors. I mean, I bet it's cozy as hell in the winter, but it's just nice vibes in it's here. It's really nice. And the chef sleeps in the room above the kitchen. Oh. So I just walk down here and start making breakfast. And so like, what will you make for breakfast? Do you go, are you trying to make eggs or are you just like, you know what? Here's a, how about a muffin? It depends on the day. Like tomorrow <laughs> I'm making muffins. I'm making okay. like butternut pecan muffins. Yum. And then... I love, like, a late-night bake, so I'm going to bake some granola tonight, some oh, olive oil and sea salt granola, and there'll be coconut yogurt and Greek yogurt, um, and that'll be out at 8.30, because the farmers come in and have breakfast, too, so I'll be up at, like, 6, 6.30 to start making the muffins. They'll come in, I think, probably around that time, and they'll get their coffee, and then about 8.30, people will start to trickle into the room for lunch, for breakfast. So, do the farmers eat at every meal with the residents? They do as much as they can, because their um, schedules are pretty specific, but we have, a, we have a separate morning station for them, where there's their own mm-hmm. coffee maker and a group of things for breakfast so that they can start their day and not feel like they have to wait. If yeah. really busy. Um, and you decided to do this on your vacation. This is your vacation? Yes, this is my vacation from work. So, like, you just love this. It just yeah. brings you so much joy, understandably. I really love it. There's always someone new at the table to meet. I love yeah. artists. I work in TV casting, and I worked um, in theater before that. So I just, I love meeting artists any way I can, and I love supporting artists any way I can. Yeah. And I sort of fell into this food part of it up here mm-hmm. at the farm. It's like, oh, that's a good way. I can feed them while they do their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I have a blast just meeting people, and the dinner table is like, as you guys will see tonight, it's just always fun conversations of all different kinds. So wonderful. Um, but it's fun to see people enjoy food, too. That's the other part um, that's great. And they ask about the process, and they're interested in what it is, and then they talk about what they like to make. And it's, you know, food is a great conversational yeah. thing. Yeah. It brings people together. So that's the other part that I like, too. That's right. Yeah. You want to work for us? Sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you need to, can we help you? Or can yeah, you, so if you want to do something, like we can kind of follow chickens. you around. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Stephen is, um, he's cutting a nice it's sound twine. effect, some twine, twine. And I'm looking at some lemon wedges, a big thing of rosemary, thyme, salt, a lot of garlic, beautiful plums. Oh, 
Great combination. I've been wanting to do something with either chicken and plums, like pork and plums. Feels so. We were talking about this because we talk about everything. But <laughs> what is that about fall? Like wanting a little bit of fruit, gaminess and fruitiness. Yes. What is that? I think for me, it's like these plums. It's like there's a little bit of summer still left, but it's, it's a little bit like fall too. It's like oh nice yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I thought about doing figs too, but the fig window. It's so narrow. Oh, Did we miss here. it? Yeah. yeah. I thought oh, that they shit. would be there when I went to the store today and they weren't even there. They were gone and they were there last weekend. Casper's here. Casper's here. Uh, oh, hi, Casper. Hi. hi. We have a sous chef here. She's Secret sous chef. Beautifully arranging some potatoes on the, <laughs> on the workstation. Wow, these look fantastic. They really do. Okay, I'm just going to watch you. All right, I'm just sort of, I sort of do this differently every time. I think Martha Stewart would be really mad at me, but... She ain't here. She ain't here. I'm very bad. I, I'm like, I get lazy and I forget to tie my chicken's legs together. Mm-hmm. But you want to because then you help steam the cavity, right? Is that yeah, why you do it? Yeah, and it helps, like, also just, it keeps it, it can steam. Make, yeah. And then you, like, tuck the little, you yeah. do the Ina Garden tuck the leg. Oh, okay. She loves to tuck a leg. Let's see if we can do that kind of. Oh, wow. Oh, you tuck them all the way back. Like, just so that oh. they're like close to the, f- okay. probably won't even yeah, stay. Yeah, he looks but. like he's kind of like him. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Just so they're like down. There we go. Those look good. So you're you're gonna throw these in various cast iron ceramic mm-hmm. vessels that will go both. Sorry, oven or stovetop and oven. They will go oven um, at 450 for about an hour and a half. We'll just feel it out. Um, so high. So pretty high, yeah. and then I'll watch the skins, and if the skins get dark, I can turn it down, or I can cover them a little bit. Delicious. Uh, some foil. And then do you, are you going to slice them up out back here and yeah. then serve them? I'll pull yeah. them, and then I'll just put them on a big tray of pulled with the with the plums, and the plums will be... Oh, yeah, are they going to They will roast? slowly break down with the chicken. Oh, oh gorgeous. And then... Full of like essentially chicken. Goodness. Yes, so it's yes, like a sweet yep. and salty chicken plum. Oh my god, I'm so hungry. I made ZM, I know me too. I made Allison Roman just did a recipe that was like a slow roasted chicken with kind of cherry tomatoes. I used those, you know, the backyard yes. tomatoes. Um, so 325 for two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and then just garlic, like a whole head, just cut in half mm-hmm. horizontally. So fucking good because it's exactly that. It's like the tomatoes, mm-hmm. they just start to shrivel and they're just covered in chicken. It's just, and you've got the so acidity, good. both from the plums or the. T- yeah, so it's like funny because she, she, in her recipe, she then said to toss the tomatoes with more vinegar. But I'm like, I don't want more vinegar. I don't want yeah. added acidity. People, yeah. It's really in right it's now. It's so in right it's now. So not a big in. vinegar person. Me neither. I'm butter Shut and up. olive oil. You have a, yes. You have oh. a whole oh no drawer of vinegar. But my flavor profile <laughs> is always oily and buttery, yes. not yes. not yes. acidic and vinegary. Well, no, like of course. Balance, like a good vinegar is, like, is great. Yeah. But vinegar dominant yeah. like dishes or uh-uh. flavors are yeah. so in right now. I know and I don't like it. I don't either. I'm Everybody wants fat. everything to taste like kombucha. That sounds like my hell. Okay, wait, so he loop-de-loos the legs. Okay, I'm liking watching this. This is like the tying thing that really always gets me is like trying to do like a pork loin or any kind of loin yes. where you're like you need to make the knots all the way with one way all the way down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like I've 
The butcher's knot is actually really easy. I just have to YouTube it, though, every single every time. time. Right. And then your hands have meat all over them, and you yeah. don't want right. to start it all over. And you're like, maybe I'll just tie a rando knot to get it going. Gorgeous. These look They're really good. good. I'm going to check in over here with Casper and see what's, what are you doing over here? I'm just chopping, I'm just loosely chopping up some potatoes that we're going to mash with some herbs. Oh, right. Vegan, right? Yeah. So Vegan. we going to be like olive oil for the fat? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll leave that mostly to Steve, but to make that call. But yeah, you can definitely do olive oil or like... I know there's vegan butter substitutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that. Cool. It's really useful. Yeah. And so skin on. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's nice. Like, that's the way to go. I love that. Yeah, I, I love just, skin like, on. Yeah. I feel like it's, it just gives it a lot more, like, earthy flavor. For sure. Which I really like. And, like, a little bit more texture. Yes. Which is really nice when you just have a mouthful of creaminess. Yeah. Like a little bit of texture. In yeah, there. that's true. No yeah. matter if it's crunchy or just, like, yeah. slightly tougher. Yeah. That's awesome. And so you'll just, like, throw them, will you blanch them or steam them? Probably boil them for boil a bit. Them. Yeah. Just That's so they get nice and soft. Cool. And then, um, and then mash them up. Awesome. It looks awesome. So they're all nestled. They're ready for their, <laughs> their spa time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> now, are you, how do you feel about them getting brown? Are you worried, unworried? Um, I like them to get brown. I like Because the tops will definitely get crispy, right? Yeah. Will the bottoms crispy. get crispy? I guess um, you're doing it at a high heat, so it should all get pretty yeah. crisp. And then I'll just watch it and I may turn it down. Plus a cast iron is so genius because like then the bottom will actually crisp because it's so hot. Right. Yum. Steven, thank you. Yeah. Guys, it was so nice to see you and spend time with you. Oh my God, you too. Also like we're here to just help you prep if you want more of that. Yeah. So. Um, anytime. Great. Okay. This room has probably had, well, after it's stopped carting horses. Yes. Have a great many party in it. It's, you can feel the party. Well, you can feel from the ground up because it's the sprung floor. Yes. Guys, imagine I love there the was a whole floor. Do you know the story of the sprung floor? No. Okay. So we used to have, I mean, as in, as we did tonight, there's typically 20 people here for dinner, but you know, there have been, we have like stretched the table out and tried to get like as many people. I think there was one time that there was like 28 people or something. Like and when they're in the early days of space, when there would be like a lot of people, I would just like leave mm-hmm. because the, the floor, I didn't <gasps> know, like it's springy and I was just like ready. I was like, this is it. This is the time. Oh, this 29 person uh-huh. porch club down. Yeah. And I would like, yeah. I would be like, okay. So finally I asked one of my cousins who lives around here. He's like in the sixties. I was like, what's the deal with the floor? And he was like, oh, it's, it's a sprung floor. And I was like, what? And he was like, so-and-so rider used to like to have dance parties. I love that. And this was like at the turn of the century. And so they he wanted to have a sprung floor. And so, yeah, so it's essentially that. I also love that he was taking care of himself and also of his guests <laughs> by having a sprung floor. Because yeah. dancing on a not sprung floor is, <laughs> no, no. well, it's terrible. None of it. Not for the knees. It's a for tennis <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> Especially like that kind of dancing. Yes, oh, that sort like of some, aggressive yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, like, I was imagining like country, like there's some stomping. Like a, Definitely. Like You're definitely a, wearing a hoop skirt. Yes. Um, there might be like a dosi dough. Yeah, but a very hoop, charged. You know, we've got like five hoop skirts yeah. in here. Small, <laughs> small, small hoop per capita. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of men, very few women. They so kind of just wheel guys, around. Well, part of what's so amazing about this place, and this is my first time up here, yeah. but. 
one of the rules for the residents is that you have to be at three meals a day around a table. And I love that because it's not like, oh, we put out three meals a day and you can go and take it right. in the other room or back to your bedroom. You have to come and sit and engage with the other people and be at the table and come together over food. I mean, this is this is the whole point of being alive. So yeah. great. And it's become more radical in the 10 years that I've done it because I feel like less and less like we're you know we're like eating with our phones like we're eating with like one person but the idea that we would actually all sit down take time out of our day to commune with other people to hear what they have to say to hear their perspective is just it's like this it's a ritual and it's it's a lost so I don't know if it's a lost art, but I feel like we're like losing the thread a little oh, bit. Oh, for yeah. sure. That's why we made this podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's really why we started this podcast. Yeah, like yeah. people don't do it, and it's it was actually by accident. Like I can't really claim mm. it. It was that there was this big table, which is with the one that we're sitting at, and it was that it the most economical thing to do was to feed everybody together, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh well, it would just make more sense. And there was this big. Actually, it was really a table. I think that like called to us. It was like there's this table. And so we did the three meals, um, but I'm not a cook, which is the hilarious part, but like one of the founding team members was, and she really wanted to bring people together or whatever. And then we started surveying everyone about their time at the farm. Like, what was the best thing? What was the worst thing? What could we improve on? And every single person was like, those meals, those meals, like the, there's this lightning in a bottle about those meals. Like I expected to get work done on my thing, but I didn't expect to like meet this person and have this conversation and have this insight yeah. and have this, you know. And so they became the centerpiece of the thing. They're like the grounding structure of, of the residency. Yeah. And I think that folks who are not interested in that communal feature don't apply to come here because it's something you have to do. You know, it's sort of your self-select, you self-select out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And those that do like really know what they're what they're getting into and that part of it is participating in the community. And I think like it, that doesn't mean you have to be in an extrovert that just means that you have to like show up for the other people that are here with you yeah yeah and it's nice to just like have that commitment back right. to this small community of the people who are here even if you don't say anything just just showing up just a small tiny little routine that you have when you're here is nice for especially like probably writers people who are used to working in isolation and encouraged to work in isolation right it's really amazing that you're fostering. I mean, every residency, it's like a place for you to like nourish your your artistic soul and your mind, and and you don't think about the meals, but it's like, of course, you literally need to nourish yourself. Yeah. So just connecting them in such a blatant way is so great. We also like get the feedback that you don't even realize how much time you spend thinking about like what you're gonna eat and like how you're gonna find it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> We get that feedback too. I had no idea how much mental real estate that was taking up for me until it was just provided. Yes. I think there's also something like, you know, you can't see it, but we're like in an old house and it's like whatever home means to you, like there is an idea, even if it's not pleasant, like there's an aspirational idea of Mm -hmm. home, Mm -hmm. of like what home could have been or could be. I think there's something disarming about that. And, like, I think people have very, like, vulnerable, uh, introspective conversations here because it's not not lost to me that this isn't a home. You know, I think it would be different if it was, like, in a, in a like, a mess hall at a college campus. Yeah, like, right? totally different vibe. There's something about it that feels, I mean, it's like a homemade meal. Or just, I don't yeah. know, there's like something about the texture of it that feels, yeah. like, 
you, I don't know if the same thing would happen if you were in a different room. And there's also a permission, I think, to be yourself. Like, maybe not in the first meal. Like, yeah. Mike, Michael, some, my husband, Michael, because I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, I've been having, like, three dinner parties a day yes. for 10 years. <laughs> and I have a lot of anxiety as a person. And, like, and sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to go to dinner. And he's like, Emily, you're the one who made the whole thing up. Yeah. Like, you got to go to dinner. So do you go to every dinner no. that you're here for? I, okay. if, I, if I'm on site, I will come to You'll the come. meal. Yeah. Okay. I used to come to all of them. Yeah. Because I was fascinated by the table I like wanted to crack the nut I'm like when one residency I thought worked better than another uh-huh. residency what so did much. you figure out so I found out so at the very beginning it was a pretty homogenous group of people like it was like a lot of theater artists that were like working at the same theaters that were all like the predominantly white and like you could have swapped out the same conversation happened in week one that happened in week four with mm-hmm. different people mm-hmm. at the table and so then I was like, well, what would happen if, like, different and more perspectives were at the table and all the ways that we think about different and more? So age, race, geographical location, art form, you mm-hmm. know, like, how does that change the, the thing? And what I realized is that I think when people assume that the people next to them are exactly like them, there is, like, a laid-backedness, yeah. which is nice. That's, like, not – it's not bad. Right. Like, it's nice to be like, oh, uh, we know each other, like, we're family. Mm-hmm. But I think that there is, like, attention that is paid – in a different way when you can't assume that the person across the table has the same life experience as you. So I think how they have changed is I think that they are um, not, I don't want to say require more of people, but they require like a different amount of listening and a different amount of um, empathy or, um, but I would say that what is also really interesting is like meal one is very different than like meal 17. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the first night feels like our first date. Well, like everybody's. We like, were here for meal one. Yeah. We're me- so we were here for meal one of a two week long residency, right. which Ari and I were like, oh, but what if these people at, the, at dinner, you know, they're looking at the two of us. We're not going to be there. They're going to be like, where are those two cool girls? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought they were part of the residency. It'd actually be really interesting if, you, if, we, if we could figure it out for you guys to like come back next Thursday or something. Oh. It's actually really interesting. Like, because it changes so much. Like, people sure. sink in, they get comfortable, they, like, are able to feel more at ease. When do you notice people suddenly start to sink in and get comfortable? A day and a half to two days. Okay, oh, that's fast. long. Yeah. But also because sometimes it's only a week, right? So right. it's like... But I do think that the law... Like, I am a big fan of the two-week. We even have a five-week because, like... It takes, I mean, particularly because so many people are coming from New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's totally what you're talking about, which is like, how, what, what am I allowed to do? And like, I want to seem cool, but also like, I'm really scared of the woods and like yeah. all these things. And then there's also just like the engine of the city and like how you have to like shake that off. Yeah. And like farm time is a different, is a different time. Yes. Like it is a different way of measuring time. Yeah. It's just, it's a different situation. <laughs> Michael is outside. My husband Michael is waving. He's got my backpack. Do you want to come, in? come in? Come on in. Yeah. Ah, oh, Michael. Oh, wow, the podcast has finally begun. Wow, are you podcasting? We are. Wow. He's bringing some pots and pans. Love them. Yeah. Delicious and healthy. Just to bring it back a little bit. To dinner parties and food. Yes. Have you guys ever had a night where like something went wrong in the kitchen? You had to like order order in, or I mean, yeah. The um, 
just a few weeks ago, we lost power. Uh-huh. And so we had to get pizzas for everybody. Um, oh, my gosh. There's so many nights when something went wrong. Um, I mean, we're cooking for a lot of people on, like, a typical range. Uh-huh. Like, nothing very, yeah. nothing very fancy about that stove. Four burners, regular oven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, what about, like, I know you guys do the roving dinner, which yes. is, like, insane. And it's yes. three groups of how many people? It's three groups of, like, 35 people. And they and each get an eight-course meal eight course with eight meal, different... Eight-course meal on eight locations of the farm with eight excerpts of new plays. And But we're flying out three, like, eight, three sets of 35 <laughs> um, of the same course to three different locations. So... It's insane. Yeah. Um, it is a triumph every year. It's like <sighs> people are like bananas about it. And then every year we're just like, oh my gosh, that's effing insane. Yeah. It's good to do something like that though. Because then it's like the group, the big group challenge for yeah. everyone that works here. And it feels like this well, it's such a insurmountable crazy, thing. It's such a wild marathon. But then what's crazy about what you guys do is like, it's a marathon. But then like you guys just kind of do it again and again like, oh yeah <laughs> like that's big but so is serving 28 people yeah, for three meals a day yeah and I think what's also been wild is the trend the, uh, the dietary restriction trend oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could write yeah. I could write a coffee table book I could write like um yeah, I could write a funny book about dietary restrictions yeah. because people will say all kinds of things. They tell you their feeling, like they they confess. They yeah. they it's like a diary. It's supposed to only be allergies and actual dietary restrictions. Yeah, like, I want to know like about like, like, like celiac, like right. peanut allergy. I want to know about epipens. Yeah, you know what I mean, I don't want to know. If you I like, like vegan, beans. vegetarian. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But we also like, don't really need to know like your diet that you're on. Right, like, right. I'm trying not to eat carbs. <laughs> yeah, like, but listen, if it's my therapist told me, yeah. yeah. Usually, dietary restrictions means like I might die, or yeah. it's for religious. No, reasons. if you're gluten Correct. free, like you're not eating certain carbs because right, like no, it's not like I'm trying to lose. Exactly right. And then it's what's like, really crazy <laughs> is when we'll make like we'll do all this gluten free things, and then you'll have somebody who says that they are like maybe they don't say they're celiac, but they say they're gluten free, and then they're just like. Eating. Oh, that's so what we talk, talk about. about yeah. This, yeah, about the person who comes over and is lactose intolerant, and then you bring out ice cream and they go to town. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. bitch! I mean, yeah. I see that, that happen. <laughs> I see that happen all the time. Yeah. yeah, but like we also get a lot of like just preference. Like one time, someone wrote, "I don't like okra." Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Just so specific. Thank you. Like, Thank you for the information. Right. Yeah, it's it's an interesting and it's evolved. Yeah. They're like the yeah. entitlement has like gotten. Yeah. And it's yeah. in vogue to be old. But I also yeah, think we're living in a really terrible time right now, and people like the things that they can true. control over, they want yes. control. And I think right. it's nice to come here, and part of this whole thing is to like relinquish control mm. and not not only not plan your meals and not have to cook for yourself. Or shop for yourself but just be like I don't know what we're gonna be right. eating and then the first few days maybe that's really hard and then you realize it's a blessing and right. you'll yeah. and you will just eat and sustain yourself and it'll be delicious but it doesn't have to be this thing of like if I eat this then I don't know I might get some hives or I mean totally. that sounds bad but or yeah gain two pounds or more. Right. yeah well to that end I mean in all seriousness last week we had someone who had a very serious nut allergy uh-huh and um and our chefs go above and beyond to make sure that that is all, you know, that, that the person feels okay and yeah. safe and thought of. And um, our chef that week, Kate, 
was very communicative with the resident and it was like we really want to make sure you feel taken yeah. care of yeah not so worried. scary yeah, yeah. so terrifying yeah um so something like that is very serious but yeah. someone's like sort of general preference yeah <laughs> i like just, i i don't really like okra <laughs> yeah nice you I must don't, know. Yeah, one that was like i don't eat eggs after 12 <laughs> I was like, well, that's called breakfast, and it's when most people eat eggs. Oh, my God. Don't worry, friend. Can we talk about alcohol? Yeah. So do you guys have, like, are any of the dinners? We do not provide it. Okay. But on your first night, we take a trip to this complex that has a Trader Joe's and a liquor store. Fun. You can stock up We'll get some some snacks. You get some booze for your room. Yes. BYOB. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. So, but so, like, if somebody brought a, a bottle of wine, I was oh like, yeah. Oh, I'd like to share this with. People. Oh yeah, no, it was strange. Like, oh, I'd like to keep this for myself. It was strange yeah. that there was no alcohol on the table tonight. I noticed yeah. that. I was like, oh, the first I guess night it's Monday. Week, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's trying to be good. Yeah. Whatever. It gets more loose as it goes on. There's a book that every once in a while will get pulled off the shelf. Mm-hmm. There's a one of our former residents brought a an astrology book. Mm-hmm. But it's called sex astrology. Yep, we use. Yeah. I, I have it on my shelf. Really? Every dinner party gets mm-hmm. pulled off the shelf. Get out of town. I mm-hmm. won't get out of town. It's true. Often here. I'm the mayor of the town. I'm the mayor of sex astrology. The mayor of sex We thought so we fun. were on the town council, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we really have been long-time <laughs> residents of. Uh, yeah, so when that gets pulled out, I feel like those dinners get Rockets. a lot more interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the guy, who, the guy who yeah. made our logo early on, he also made one that said sex on Ryder Farm. Oh. <laughs> have you guys ever cooked the full thing for the residents? Like, have you guys ever been Michael? in the kitchen? Have you ever cooked the no. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to no, say. No, the You've greatest joke of all of this is that I'm not a cook. No, I think there's no other way you would have gotten all this done, honestly. (laughs) You would have been, like, thinking too much about, like, what you were going to cook for dinner. I also think, and my mom never listens to this, but um, we didn't have, like, family dinners. Like, my mother had a really uh, rough time with food, and so we never did that. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways it was really, like, a reparative quest Mm -hmm. that I didn't even know it was reparative. Like, Mm -hmm. I think we just, it wasn't a thing. So, in yeah. a lot of ways, it, like, taught me the value of sitting down for a meal and enjoying it. And, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But this I don't is think a I... huge overcorrection, though. Yeah, it is large yeah. overcorrection. <laughs> You're now serving. Yeah. Exceeded. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're an overachiever. Right? I yeah. 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 I want to make sure I got it right. The question we usually end with. Yeah is what's the best dinner party you've ever thrown or attended? So can you talk about, like, one at space that was particularly... Or not at space. Yeah, or not at space. For me, recently, so we do these um, <clears throat> dinners called seasonal suppers a couple of times this season, and um, it's a ticketed event, but yeah. it's, it's uh, usually a, co- a cohort of some of our chefs from space and then uh, uh, artist performance... And it's outside if the weather permits on the bowling green here. And it's, it's, they're always beautiful events. But last year, so last year, um, an amazing musical artist named Celise, um, mm-hmm. Celise Henderson is her name, but she, uh, her performing name is just Celise. And um, Celise played in our barn, mm-hmm. um, which is an incredible space. It's just, uh, when was the barn built? 19. 19- 
1910. Wow. The acoustics are amazing, and like <laughs> some of the shingles are kind of have holes in them, or kind of beat up from wear and tear. But when the hour is right and the sun is kind of shining wow. through them, it's just it's such a singular um, performance space. And Celise played this set that was just unbelievable. Wow. And she didn't have like any context for us. She, she had been in a, the most recent revival of Godspell, which Michael's buddy directed. And like Michael had known her because of like seen her at Joe's pub or whatever. And, and we sort of on a lark just was like, hey, could you come up and do this? And, and she agreed to it. So we really had no, like she showed up. Her website. Yeah, she like showed up. We like showed her where she was playing. And like we, wow. we got good vibes from her, but like yeah. that was that. There was some banter in between songs and she had the audience in the palm of her hand and um someone yelled out like where can we get your record and she was like well i never recorded one because i don't have a label and like records cost a lot of money to make and she sort of jokingly said so if any of you here want to you know produce my record and um an incredible very generous donor um a board member of spaces uh, she wasn't a board member at the time right um <laughs> she is now Basically went up to Salise and was like, well, are you serious? And Salise was like, are you serious? Um, And we, it was sort of the beginning of now we have a... This, this board member sort of, so right, so, so they have this exchange and Salise wasn't meant to stay the night that night, but then was like, can I stay the night? And I was like, sure, you can stay the night, whatever. So she stayed the night and she's like, is that woman serious? And I was like, yeah, I mean, that woman has given us like a considerable amount of money and I, I don't think... I mean, I know that she is, like, a capital P philanthropist. Like, that is what she does in her life, and it's very generous. Um, I think we can coordinate something. So it ended up that this woman um, financed the majority of her record, and then this woman's family foundation made a million-dollar gift to space, um, like, two months later for um, a lot of that money was, like, towards um, the support of musicians. So... That was a wild night. Wow. That was... That's a yearly award. That's now a yearly award, (gasps) yeah. Yeah. It's a prize that will be given every annually to a different musician to help help them further their career or make a record. But it was wild. It was totally crazy. And, like, that's the why. Like, that's the way you gather and you don't even know what's coming until it happens. And holy shit, that's incredible. I mean, I can't believe you guys have built this. Like you say, ten years, but that's like nothing for what you've built. That's pretty incredible. Oh my god! Yeah, thank you so much for having us up here. Much. Oh my god! Anytime.